the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along today. I think that's it. I think summer went out with the rain today. It was super, super hot, and all of a sudden the rain came down, and now we're cooled off, and there she goes. Summer 2018, out the door. I really don't think that that's I a think- meteorologic perspective. It's my meteorological no. perspective. All right. All of a sudden, what? You're Mrs. Kutzma? I don't just... Is that the deal? I'm just saying. I don't know if you can, like, you know, declare that summer's now over. I'm declaring it. All right. We were at the ball game last night. You and, and I. Uh, you and I. And uh, other and, friends. And our two friends. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if they want their names mentioned. Even Dan and Meg. <laughs> Thanks. There you that's go. nice. What? I didn't, like, say their full names. Well, I don't know. Or their social security numbers well, not, or anything like well, that. that's a relief. Anyway, um, it was hot. Woo! I mean, we were done at 1030, and I was walking back to the subway, and mm. I thought... It's really hot. It sure was. There were about seven other fans at the uh, at PNC Park with us. I think that the least attended game I've been to in a long time. Yeah. I remember it going was- to a day game at uh, Three Rivers Stadium, maybe like 1981 or so, with my dad. I remember this very clearly. My dad was uh, really ill in a, in a wheelchair. There were about 10 people at at that game. Uh, literally, no exaggeration. It was the smallest crowd ever. That crowd last night was in the thousands, but I, I thought They said about it was 9,000? I that doubt was a that. dream. Yeah. There was no way there were 9,000 people. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Was that 9,000 tickets bought? Or yeah, 9, well, it's always tickets bought. It's not bodies and seats. <clears throat> yeah, well, there but must have been maybe, what do you think, 4,000 people? 4,000? Maybe. 600. There wasn't a lot. There really, really I mean, wasn't you, a lot. You know it's, there's not a lot of people there whenever you can hear the sound of the ball and players yep. on the field. Yep. Right? I mean, I kind of like that. Yeah. It was kind of nice. Very nice. We, and plus, we won. <laughs> we did win. And it was a good pitching performance by Jameson Tyon. But let's get on to the news of the day. The because the, the, day. Uh, the New York Times has published an op-ed, came out yesterday, mm-hmm. by an anonymous member of the Trump administration. It's garnering a lot of conversation today. John, have you read this essay i have mm-hmm. your response well based upon um bob woodward's new book called fear and uh the uh you know the, the release of that mm-hmm. and the stories in that and then on top of that the new york times publishing now i'll say this i take what the what the new york times has to say nowadays with a gigantic grain of salt clearly They are no fan of the president, and they've assigned multiple reporters, at least 10 reporters full-time, right about the president. So they have a massive bone to pick with the president of the United States. And you have to know that before you go any further in the conversation. I mean, the New York Times, as the paper of record across the United States and the weight that they especially used to bear, they – and I will put this in deep, hard quotes – they hate – the president of the United States. They despise the president of the United States. So 
I did read this anonymous resi- quiet resistance by the uh, someone who's working now currently in the White House. Mm-hmm. I am a member of the resistance. <laughs> yes, is what it says. My guess is, heartbreakingly so, there is a lot of truth to what is written. Mm-hmm. A lot of truth. Mm-hmm. I guess my question is, how did this come to be on the front page of the okay, New York so Times? Okay, so that's an interesting question. So I wondered that too. Does the Trump administration official call somebody at the New York Times and say, I, want, I have an op-ed I want to write, but you can't say who I am? Because it's highly unusual to write an opinion piece and not put your name to no it. No kidding, especially if you're writing about an administration you're a part of. Right. So to me, I would imagine. Do you think it's fake? No, I don't think it's fake. I think that I think there's I think there's a lot of truth to this. That there, are, I'm sure there are people within the administration and the close knit circle, the president's staff, who have survived these two plus years. That work is being done to hold the thing together on a day to day basis. It's scary. I mean, it's scary to picture the reality of what the what is being written in this opinion piece all right so let me just read a couple highlights of this um okay so this person who is unnamed says um president trump is facing a test of his presidency um it's not just the special counsel looming large or that the country's bitterly divided over his leadership or even that his party might lose the house to an opposition hell-bent on his downfall the dilemma which he does not fully grasp is that many of the senior officials in his own administration are working diligently from within to frustrate parts of his agenda and his worst inclinations i would know i am one of them right so the the piece is essentially written from the perspective of the president is a bit of a looney tune. He cannot or will not tell the truth. He is impulsive and oftentimes forgets the policy decisions that he made last week and puts a new course on them this week. And so the members of the cabinet and the staff around him are sort of molding this thing and keeping it moving forward with white kid gloves because the president essentially is out of control. That's the narrative. Well, that's a very good summation of exactly what it is. Is there truth to that? My guess is there is truth to that. Mm -hmm. But here's my question. I don't know how much is gained by writing an anonymous op-ed. I feel like... um, if truth is going to have any impact, it's going to have to have an impact from a person who's saying it. Yeah, but the per- and that high, a high level person coming out and saying this is what will really count. I don't think I don't think enough people will trust an anonymous op-ed. Now, a lot of the readers of the New York Times are going to trust it because they'll trust less. anything bad about the president they can find. Right. Exactly. So they, I mean, that's low hanging fruit. But for people who are conservatives or people who are Trump supporters, I don't think they're going to buy into this because there's no face, there's no reputation, there's nothing attached to it. I think this, if you're part of the president's base, which is what? What do you think it is? 36% which is strong. I don't think it That's matters. That's not very strong. I mean, no, I'm saying, you know, 36% strong of that base. Oh, right, yeah. I'm saying no matter what the president says or does will not dissuade you from your support of the president. I think that's just a given. That's just how it is, that you're going to love President Trump regardless of what happens. That's just mm-hmm. – that's where we are. That's how divided the country is And right there now. are 
36% who will hate him no matter if he discovered the cure for cancer and uh, five other diseases, they would still hate every bone in his body. No doubt. So 36 and 36. So deeply divided. Right. And then there's this you know, thin middle of the moderates who are going – I, I like the president and some of the policies he's made. We're hoping for the best, and it's certainly better than having Hillary Clinton in the White House. Mm-hmm, right. That's And the people probably saying, what is this dog and pony show that we're seeing in the Kavanaugh confirmation hearings? And then there are a small percentage of people who cover their eyes and their ears and go, don't tell me what's going on because it's too chaotic and too scary otherwise. The uh, op-ed writer puts this in writing. The root of the problem is the president's amorality. Anyone who works with him knows he's not moored to any discernible first principles that guide his decision-making. Although he was elected as a Republican, the president shows little affinity for ideals long espoused by conservatives, free minds, free markets, and free people. At best, he has invoked these ideals in scripted settings. At worst, attacked them outright. Mm -hmm. But they do say, they do go on, the anonymous person says, don't get me wrong. There are bright spots that the near ceaseless negative coverage of the administration fails to capture. Mm -hmm. Effective deregulation. Historic mm-hmm. tax reform, mm-hmm. a more robust military, and more. Mm-hmm. But these successes have come despite, not because of, the president's leadership style, which is impetuous, adversarial, petty, and ineffective. And it goes on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, I would say that this is the lead story in many ways because the president, as he does, cannot help himself in tweeting. See, the president – look, I think you and I are in that in that category of – we want the best for this country. Yes. And you want to support the president Always. and the office of the presidency. Always. And I'm certainly happy that Hillary Clinton is not the president of the for United sure. States for many reasons. I mean, Brett Kavanaugh right now, the confirmation hearings that are going on, all that to say, it it is a little scary and a little disconcerting. Mm-hmm. I believe that's true. And who knows what's going to happen with the midterm elections. I mean, I, th- I think that, the, you know, the... The, the forces on the Democratic Party are going to do their darndest. They're going to be super organized to try to push this yeah, thing here's, here's, down the road. Yeah, here's the thing, though. I mean, this is – what we're seeing now is just like an instant replay of what happened in the election. It's just kind of taking the same crazy players and the same crazy attitudes and putting them in a different environment. I mean, you would think – with all of the difficulties that the president has ha- has been having, if the Democrats were just well organized and calm and made rational viewpoints, then you know people would be convinced. Right. But the histrionics and the circus-like atmosphere of the Kavanaugh confirmation hearings just makes people who are in the middle think that they're a bunch of crazies too. Right. Now we just got an email from a listener. Now this is, I think, uh, part of the the base. And Tom says this: John, this is crap, and you are badly informed if you buy this. Listen to Fox News. These people will go to all ends. Don't be a fool, Tom. All right. Now, Tom, you know if you're listening to Fox News, you're hearing one side of the story, and that's your choice. Sure. You can do that. Yeah. But, you know, clearly there has to be some nuance here. There has to be. I would just suggest you read a little deeper than instead of just tuning in into Fox News and making that your only source of information. And if you're listening to us and your only source of news is MSNBC, I would say, you know or what, CNN. I think it's probably a good idea if you dig a little deeper and check out what Fox has to offer. But, I think that's the problem that we're all in, is that we get stuck on our channel with our people reading our you know, op-ed writers, and then we only hear what we want to hear. We don't hear the opposite, the opposition, and so we think that we're the only ones in the world that are right. Right, and, and but clearly, this is true. The adage is correct. Where there's smoke, there has to be fire. So there's a heck of a lot of smoke out there. So there has to be some vestiges of truth to this. 
you have to admit that. Right. I don't think I would even I mean, this none of this stuff is shocking that is in the op-ed piece. No. Nothing. I read that and say, really? What? No, I don't think that at all. The, the only thing I'm saying is that if this person who's high up in the Trump administration wants to make a difference, they need to attach their face and their reputation to it. That's when it would really make a difference. Well, by doing that, you effectively end your, your job at the White House and perhaps your career. Or you may be, you know. Well, look, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying it's, it's, a, it's the same circumstance because it is not the same circumstance. But similar is what we've been talking about with the Catholic Church scandal. Sometimes if you care enough about making a point – then you will sacrifice something that's important to you. We've all done it in times in our lives. Now, I've never worked in a presidential administration, and so I'm not saying that I'm telling some person to give up their job. I have no idea what their financial circumstances. All I'm saying is that an an anonymous op-ed to the New York Times will not speak to that middle ground. I just don't think it will. Yes. So here's Kath and I, and we're breaking our vow not to talk politics. But I think in times like this, it's hard to ignore. I mean, people are talking about this. People yeah, are invested I, and, in this. And, well, we never promised that we would never talk about it. What we promised we would do is to try to still be an oasis for people so that it's not all we talk about. Right. Or it's the hard left or the hard right. We're not doing either We're trying one. to be fair. And I think that we're just trying to be fair here. That's all. Anyway. It's a lot. I'll tell you what. Thank God we love Jesus. Because if we didn't wear Jesus... I mean, he's he's the only one who makes any dang sense. He surely That's what does. Hansen said on the Twitter, and I'm with him. I've been a teacher for 25 years. My younger son was tutored a lot. He didn't like certain clothes, and he had all of these other sensory situations going on. The teachers were suspecting dyslexia, suspecting ADD. He wasn't able to retain information, and he was working harder than any of the other kids. But it was the eye doctor who told me about brain balance, and that was the first time a physician had mentioned brain balance. After about two weeks of doing the program, I noticed that one day he just slapped on a pair of pants like it was no big deal. I really noticed that was a huge change for him. He has also started doing his homework by himself. He is able to do things that he wasn't able to do. In the long term, this was a much better investment than putting our son on medication. I would say you have to try this. The results are magnificent. Give your child the foundation they need to succeed in school. Call Brain Balance today and find out how you can change the life of your child and your family. He can smell you from half a mile away. Hear with pinpoint accuracy and detect the slightest motion with a 310-degree field of vision. But with an Oak Ridge hunting blind from Yoder's Backyard Structures, that deer will never know you're there. Solid, silent, scent-controlled, satisfaction guaranteed. This is one perch you won't fall out of. And with Yoder's, delivered and set up free of charge. Take your hunt to a whole new level at yodersbackyard.com. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, Find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville, for the extreme in all of us. 
at extremetruck.net. If you're not in the club, you're missing out. Word FM Discount Shopping Club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone. Like today, from local farmers to local leaders, Fellowship Foods delivers local sustainable groceries right to your doorstep. Now get $100 worth of fresh veggies, fruits, meat, eggs, coffee, cheese, and more from 75 local area farms for just 50 bucks. It doesn't get fresher than Fellowship Foods. Log on now to wordfm.com. Keyword shopping. Hey, welcome back. Happy that you are with us here today. I need counseling. Yeah. This country needs counseling, doesn't it? We are a bunch of sick people running around, chasing our tails, listening to mass media. (laughs) That'd be us. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, seriously, we're a bunch of sick people. There's no question about it. I I wonder if you would look at the, um, if there would be some sort of uh, way to look at the mental health of a country pre and post social media, Mm -hmm. right? Because clearly that has, I believe that that has created such deep and strong neuroses in many, many of our family and friends. And, and, our, and I'll put myself in that. We're all subject to this because mm-hmm. it's like yelling into an echo chamber. It makes people angry and disconnected, unsatisfied, uh, paranoid. Just there's wow. so much rage I mean, that's out a, there. That's a lot. Don't you think that's true? Yeah. I mean, you, you're on Twitter. Yeah. You, you're on Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's a mess. But it's not just related to that. Or it's not just relegated to that. Pardon me. Well, no. It's related to the sin of our very yeah, sick Yeah, and, and, and I think you can get just as sick watching cable TV or you know reading Us Weekly as if you're on Twitter. I wonder if, in, you know, what, 500 years ago? I think, you know, people were different. They didn't have this immediacy, and so it made them less ill, although I mean, there was always a strain of illness, mental illness. But I think we're now we're ramping it up. We do really ramp each other up. Yes. We really do. And ourselves. It's not good. All right. I need Bill Glaze to help me out. Yes. Pastor William Glaze is with us. Pastor Glaze is the pastor of Bethany Baptist Church in Homewood. Anchored in Jesus. Heard every day here on Word FM, 7 p.m. Bill, my friend, welcome back. How are you today? Always good to be with you. I I missed being on last month, but it's uh, good to be back again this month. Excellent. Bill, um, I need to ask you off the bat. um, Le'Veon Bell, talk to me. Uh, you know, that's a tough situation there. I know that uh, uh, I was listening to a couple Steelers uh, that they're kind of uh, upset that mm-hmm. he didn't show up. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't, you know, let's put it this way. I don't think that he, if he shows up, he's not going to play this Sunday. Uh, so, you know, we kind of hope that, you know, maybe at the beginning of next week he'll, he'll show up. But I, I don't know. There might be a lot of bad blood yeah. uh, at this point where, you know, it, it might not be a good thing. Because here's the thing. If you were playing on that team, how excited would you be to see a guy waltz in when you've been, you know, working at training camp for Pumping eight weeks? Butt, yeah, yeah. Right. There's no I in team, is there? Well, well, you know, and, and uh, you know, sometimes, you know, people understand, you know, that some of the veterans that, you know, their camp is kind of, you know, kicked back a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but that's but, different, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, that's that's a different story right there. Yeah, so. you still showed up and you're still there. Okay, Bill, let's move forward then because you're here today to talk to us about biblical counseling. And we need it. Yes. So l- let's right. define that. Okay, so someone who wants to go into uh, therapy or counseling and they have a choice between seeing a you know someone who's just hanging their shingle out or a biblical counselor, what do you think? What do you prescribe here? 
Well, you know, I, I, you know, when you look at biblical counseling, it's people that use the Bible to address the issues of mankind. You know, as you've been talking about for the last 20 minutes, you know, we're broken, you know, as, as individuals, uh, no matter, you know, how much we dress it up and how, you know, we think we have things together, that every last one of us are broken. And, and God has given us his word, you know, to, to kind of set us, you know, back on the path that, that he designed us to be on. So, you know, I, I, you know, biblical counseling is, is using the Bible to, to counsel people. Now, you know, I also believe that, you know, there's space and room for other counseling, too, because, you know, sometimes people have deep emotional issues where, you know, they may need somebody that's skilled to deal with, you know, the, the psychological, the emotional. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that, you know, biblical counseling kind of hits the main issue that we have of that brokenness, which is which is sin. And if you look at a lot of our problems, I mean, just if you look at some of the things that you guys discussed in the first 20 minutes, how much of it is directly related to sin? You know, whether it's, you know, uh, somebody getting aggravated with somebody else, somebody, you know, writing a, a op-ed that, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of, you know, going behind the curtains to do it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, somebody getting angry. So, I mean, you know, just... You know, a, a lot of stuff that we deal with is just sin, and, and you know, the Bible addresses that. Now, you know, I'm not going to be one of these individuals that say, well, you know, there's, there's a sin behind every rock, you know, that, that type thing. But if you look at basically, you know, where we're at, you know, uh, you know Paul talks in Galatians 2.20 that I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And so I think that, you know, what we see today in our society is just this whole failure to be broken. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that Paul said, you know, that, that idea of, of being broken, uh, you know, and yielding and, and looking out, you know, you know, you know, no matter how you feel about John McCain, you know, one of the things that John McCain was trying to do, he was trying to get people to come together. And, you know, I, I don't know that his, his message is heard now that, you know, he's, he's passed away. But I think, you know, that's, that's the idea of brokenness, that, you know, let's do what's best, you know, for the country. And I think that, you know, a lot of times we see, you know, people holding on to, you know, their, their way, and they don't want to let go of it. And, and so, you know, again, I go back to, you know, the Scripture addressing the fact that, you know, we are broken people and that God has sent his word to help us get back on the right path. What about, Bill, the the church leaders or um, people who sit in the pews who believe that counseling is not from God, that counseling is just a bunch of, you know, uh, psychology claptrap that people who don't believe in God threw together? Okay, well, you know, I'll say this, uh, that as far as the biblical piece of it, you know, Paul said in the book of Romans, he said that we are competent to counsel. So, you know, he looks at the believer Mm -hmm. and he says that, you know, you have the Son of God, uh, you have the Spirit of God, and you have the Word of God. And, you know, with those things residing in you, that, you know, you can, you know, help people to deal with their issues and deal with their sin. Now, I know that, uh, you know, a lot of people feel that, that secular counseling, and I've heard them say that. But again, I, you know, as, as a biblical counselor, and we have a biblical counseling ministry at our church where we have trained people all over the city of Pittsburgh to use the Bible to go out and counsel others. You know, so as a biblical counselor, you know, I do believe that, that the Bible addresses a certain part of the, the, the human being, you know, the mind, will, and emotions, that the Bible addresses certain parts of that that maybe might not be addressed in another type of counseling. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I, I think it's true that if if you're a believer and you sit in front some of sit in front of a, a biblical counselor, they're going to return to the scripture. And of course, there's right. healing there. There's peace there. And and if you're actively working your own spiritual life and you're connected with Christ, uh, you're going to find relief. I believe a lot quicker than some sort of you know what Gestalt or Freudian mm-hmm. or Jung, Jungian therapy. I mean, you know, we all know that the peace of Christ is the peace that transcends everything else. So right. why not speak to someone who has that as their main primary objective to bring you back to healing? Right. You know, and John, I, you, uh, I think it was earlier this year that, that you guys did the testimonies of certain people. Right. And, uh, you know, I was one of the individuals that, you know, got a chance to give this testimony. Yes, sir. And, you know, I, I look at the fact that, you know, where I was at in my life before Christ and, you know, how I was broken. You know, I mean, I just was I just was a mess. And, you know, when I asked Christ to come into my life, you know, you know, my life began to change at that point. But what was it that helped me grow? It, it was the Word of God, you know, that, you know, I began to see things from God's Word that told me, you know, the things that I should do and the things that I shouldn't do, and that there was health and that there was healing in that. And, you know, a lot of people that, you know, just are totally separated from that, you know, it's just, it's just like you're trying to do it in the flesh, you know, that, and, and we know uh, that the arm of the flesh, you know, sometimes it, it works and then sometimes it lets you down. But we thank God that His Word is, is, is steadfast and sure. Mm-hmm. Bill, what do you do when someone who is a member of your church says, "Hey, I need somebody to talk to you"? Do you have a Do you have a, a plan? Do you hit it differently with different people? I mean, how, how do you handle that? Well, you know, I, I, I first and foremost believe that you know the question that you ask is all a part of discipleship, and that you know we should have people in the church that you know are as, as disciples of Christ that can minister you know to people you know at any level. Now, you know, as a part of our discipleship, you know, we do have that, that counseling ministry here so that, you know, when people are dealing with the deeper level issues that, you know, we can send them to a biblical counselor. You know, we have a, a two-and-a-half-year program here where people have been trained to use the Bible to counsel other individuals. And so, you know, when, uh, you know, when we deal with the more serious issues, then, you know, they can, you know, they can work with a biblical counselor. But, you know, I, I believe that if, if somebody is rooted and grounded in Christ, you know, daily walking with the Lord, that, you know, if somebody's struggling, that you, you know, ought to be able to come alongside and give them a word of encouragement. You know, because Paul said, you know, you who are spiritual, you'll restore uh, your brother that's, that's been overtaken in a fault. Pastor Bill Glaze is with us, anchored in Jesus, heard every evening on Word FM, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Pastor Glaze joins us from Bethany Baptist Church in Homewood. Bill, you know, I think you and I are pretty similar in age, and there wasn't that time not that long ago where the the thought of talking about therapy or someone going to see a therapist was um, a, a moment of shame. Um, right. Weakness. Yeah, weakness. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the society's yeah. changed a lot better, you know, for the better since then. It just goes to show where we are. I mean, uh, the conversation's necessary to wipe away that shame. And I'm sure there are still people in your congregation or any congregation who feel as though by doing, by going to see a therapist in some way that's something that, you know, is untoward or unnecessary, they'll find a different way to work it out. Right. And, and you know, we have to kind of remove that stigma from it because, you know, people, instead of, you know, going to get the help that they need, you know, they continue to suffer and, you know, just you just go through uh, the difficulties in life, even marriages. You know, you know, sometimes, you know, you know husbands and wives need, you know, somebody to come from a, a biblical perspective and intervene and, and maybe some issues that they're having, but because they feel if they go, well, you know, some, you know, these people are going to think that I'm crazy or I have some kind of problem, emotional problem, then they don't go. And, and so you, they continue to 
hurt in their relationship and you know just have difficulties in their marriage. Bill, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Tell us what's going on at Bethany. Well, uh, you know, I'm glad I'm glad you guys gave me the opportunity to come on this afternoon because we do have a biblical counseling program here at Bethany. Nice. We're, we're taking registrations. We just started this week, so if, if anybody wants to come and be a part of it, you know, they can uh, give us a call at 412-242-3255, and, and we'll get them signed up for next week. Very nice. Bill, always a pleasure, my friend. You, you'd be well. Okay. Blessings to you. Pastor William Glaze, Bethany Baptist Church. Yeah, sign up. We'll put information on the Facebook page about biblical counseling, counseling Bethany Baptist Church. The following is a true story. My name is David Bryant. When I was 37, my wife and I decided to get term life insurance through SelectQuote. Just three years later, I was diagnosed with ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Because of life insurance, the people I love most in this world will be protected no matter what happens to me. I know that the dreams I have for my family can still come true. Financial security, to stay in the home we became a family in, and for our children to be able to go to college. I reached out to SelectQuote because I wanted to share my story. If just one person purchases life insurance, I know I will have made a difference. SelectQuote can find a 37-year-old male a $500,000 policy for under a dollar a day. If there are people you care about, you need life insurance. It may be the single most important financial decision of your life. Don't put off protecting your family. Get your free quote now. Call 800 700 That's 800-705-3030. 800-705-3030. Or go to selectquote.com. This is a paid endorsement. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Not available in all states. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. It's been a long time since you had your will written, and a lot's changed since then. It's always a good idea to review your documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we understand the nuances of elder law and how changes to Medicaid, Veterans benefits and the tax code can affect your estate and the people most important to you. So let's talk. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. That's a-h.law. Whoa, long time no see. It's me, the rock t-shirt in the back of your closet. Dude, remember? You crowd surfed in me, man. But you haven't worn me in like forever. I get it, you're retired, but I still got some rock left in me. So take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to Goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Life doesn't stop on the weekends, and neither do you. So we understand that it can be hard to find the time to shop for a mattress. This is Robin Trzinski of the Original Mattress Factory, and we have a completely new website designed to help you simplify the mattress shopping experience. Check out our products, view our prices, and even place an order for pickup, local delivery, or to have it shipped outside of our delivery area. Just visit OriginalMattress.com and find a thoughtfully made, honestly priced mattress of your own. The Original Mattress Factory. Great beds, no bull. The T.J. Martell Foundation. Music's promise for a cure. To learn more, visit TJMartell.org. That's TJMartell.org. A shower or thunderstorm around early this evening, otherwise for tonight, cloudy and humid, low 68. Tomorrow, rather cloudy and not as warm, but humid with spotty showers, high 78. Tomorrow night, partly to mostly cloudy and cooler with a passing shower, low 61. Saturday, cloudy and cool with a high of 72. Then for Sunday, cloudy and cool with periods of rain, high 68. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Mike Dahl on 101.5 Word FM. 
I do not, although I know it's a real popular thing, play uh, games on my phone. Right? The apps, the... So, Mike, new Mike, do you play uh, You play something on your phone? Oh, yeah. What do you play? Games of War? No. Game of no. War. Not any, not any of those popular, crazy okay. games. My, my, my wife Please plays. tell me what you're playing. All right. <laughs> Tetris. Tet- oh, well, that's fine. Tetris? Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. Okay. And um, there's this baseball game. It's like a home run derby game. I like that. Oh, yeah. I've, I've, I've done that. Yeah. Yeah, play, yeah, play a baseball game. Kills okay. the time. Kills the time. Don't kill time, Mike. That's right. Don't kill the time. Time will kill you. Okay. Uh, so I'm reading an article today about a librarian in Utah who spent $89,000 in city funds because he was playing the uh, game uh, game of war. And he wanted, you know, so when you play these games, they're free, you know, in air quotes, they're free, but then you can buy extra coins to sort of expedite your process through the game. So this librarian apparently spent eighty nine thousand dollars on extra coins. Yeah, he went to iTunes and then he spent, you know, would get gift cards to, you know, he would take city funds that he was in control of as a librarian. Then he would go on iTunes and buy gift cards to feed this game of war video game to give him more coins to move the game along further. That's now, unreal. It was finally, you know, they did an audit at the library and they were like, "Hey, man, who's buying all these iTunes, Amazon gift cards?" And of course, the you know the trail led back to him, so he's out of a job. He's probably sitting somewhere in his mom's basement playing Game of War. You've got to be kidding me! Yeah, not, 80, not, wait, is this all because he couldn't find a book to read? <laughs> oh my god! Eighty nine thousand dollars. He was uh, sentenced to thirty days in jail. He'll pel- he'll pay back seventy eight thousand dollars. The judge said, "I'm sure there was a lot of times along the way when you knew you needed to stop," which I would say was around the time that he altered invoices to cover the tracks. Mm-hmm. A more interesting part of the punishment, according to the journal, the paper in Utah, is that he has to read and write a report on the book. This is wild. He has to read. The judge, this is really interesting, that he has to read and write a report on the book A Million Miles in a Thousand Years by Donald Miller about finding meaning and motivation in a banal reality. Wow. How about that? Wow, I think we. I think a lot of us need to read that book. Yeah, I read that kidding. book. That's an interesting book. John loved that book. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's the yellow one, right? It's the yellow. I think there's a chain on the front of it. A blue. I think it's blue. I think there's a bike chair. Okay. Some kind of like a million miles in a thousand years. Donald Miller. So this uh, librarian. That's part of your punishment. Plus, you pay back seventy thousand dollars. That's okay. an ironic news story because it's National Read a Book Day. Oh. Yeah, so we're going to talk about that as the show unfolds at 5.30. We're going to talk about what you're reading, what we're reading, and uh, some interesting facts about the best-selling books of all time. Okay, speaking of politics and ill-gotten gains and little insanity, we're going to speak uh, next about living with integrity. Doug Sykema joins us from Comment Magazine. Living with integrity, what does that mean? How do you work it? Stick around. play Tetris. 101.5 WORD. In touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. Sacrificial love says, I'm willing to put my desires and what I want aside in order to help meet your need, whatever that is. God the Father substituted his son at the cross to pay for our sins in order that he could express his love to you and me. In touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. Helping you grow in Christ every day. Tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD.
Are you drowning in IRS tax debt? I owe the IRS $37,000. Get ready for a toll-free hotline. Take advantage of new IRS tax forgiveness programs that may protect you from IRS collection agencies. They have the power to garnish your wages, put liens on your property, and levy your bank account. Civic Tax Relief can help protect you from the IRS. Civic Tax Relief basically represented me against the IRS, and by the time everything was completed, I didn't owe the IRS anything. Find out about the Fresh Start program that is now available through Civic Tax Relief. Civic Tax Relief's special tax hotline can help you discover all the relief programs available for free. I would recommend anyone who has a tax problem to contact Civic Tax Relief. Just call 800-324-4522. 800-324-4522. Don't wait. Call now. 800-324-4522. 800-324-4522. Great experiences are meant to be shared. How about the experience of a great night's sleep? This is John Hall, and I've been sharing with you about my pillow for a long time. It's truly the most comfortable pillow I've ever owned. It's machine washable, dryable, never loses its shape, and it gives me the support I need no matter what position I'm in. And it comes with Mike Lindell's famous 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Once you experience my pillow, I'm sure that you'll love it too. And you're going to want to share that great experience with somebody else, which is great because right now you can get two my pillows for the price of one with Mike's buy one, get one free deal. Just call 1-800-961-9207. Mention the promo code word to start enjoying the best sleep of your life. Or type it in when you visit MyPillow.com. So don't delay. That's 1-800-961-9207. Or visit MyPillow.com. Use the promo code WORD. RPTS, the Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Point Breeze, presents the 2018 Westminster Conference, Saturday, September 8th, at Memorial Park Church in Allison Park. Join Drs. Ligon Duncan, Joel Beakey, Michael Lefebvre, and RPTS President Barry York for this year's theme, Soundly Preaching the Word of God. Preaching that is plain, faithful, wise, and zealous. The 2018 Westminster Conference brings Bringing the Westminster Confession into the 21st century. Register now at rpts.edu. A Chicago sewer worker said, I dig the ditch to earn the money, to buy the bread, to get the strength to dig the ditch. Do you desire something more in your life? Hi, I'm Robert Jefferson. In my new book, Choosing the Extraordinary Life, I want to share with you God's seven secrets for leading a life of success and significance. Discover your real purpose for living in Choosing the Extraordinary Life. Choosing the Extraordinary Life is available wherever books or ebooks are sold. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for coming along today. What do you say there, Mike? What do you... We're just laughing at you, John. What? Yes, we are. What's going on there? You just got to maintain a sense of humor in these crazy times. Doug Sikkim is with us. Doug is a senior research Cardis, managing editor of Comment Magazine. This is a publication. Which we love. We do love this. This is a published quarterly. Doug Sikkim is also currently working toward a PhD in American literature at the University of Waterloo, which uh, Doug, it's kind of ironic. I mean, there you are in Canada and you're working on American literature. How, how do you work that? Talk about disintegration. Nice. <laughs> very good call on very your nice, part. Lack of integrity. No, no, no. Yeah, that's a long story, I guess. Yeah. My, uh, um, my, my love for it, just a quick uh, story, is um, sort of reading Wendell Berry in a, in a course in my, my master's, and just the idea of being connected to place. There's something about his, his work that kind of resonated with me, 
And my avenue, I guess, into the PhD program was through Wendell Berry, which got me to American uh, literature, with the hope of sort of, when I'm finished that, getting into projects more regional and, and based here in southern Ontario. Okay. All right. Well, nice. I love myself some American literature. Yeah, of course so you do. Yeah. We can talk about Come that to the right sometime. place, Doug. You really right. have. Exactly. Okay. So the, in, uh, yeah. in Comment Magazine Online, Brian Dykema has written a piece called uh, Living with Integrity. It's an editorial. The, mm-hmm. the headline is, in a world that feels like it's disintegrating, what does it mean to follow the one in whom all things hold together? Yeah. So we were talking about the... <laughs> The massive circus act going on in the confirmation hearing of uh, Brett Kavanaugh. Brett Kavanaugh here in the U.S. and um, it, like you never know what the heck is going to go on day to day. And so you add that, and you look at then the the anonymous op-ed that was written in the New York Times about our president by a senior member mm-hmm. of the administration who you know doesn't want to be named, and then you know throws out all this sorts of stuff and. Just- just talked about a piece where a librarian in Utah was busted for spending $89,000 in iTunes gift cards on the video game Game of War. I mean, it's, Because he couldn't find a book to read. I mean, so, I mean it's, it's like ironic. So it does seem as if we're all going all of us. into ourselves, right? Or if we're not going deep into ourselves, we're going deep into our own, you know, little... Enclave. Like, enclave. Or little Tribe. Right, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what's interesting is, uh, as you're kind of even just giving those examples, is our this this issue that we're working on is sort of the the paired issue with social isolation, um, which we did this summer. So we're looking at social isolation. Um, we also did an issue on trust, and I think the example that you're raising um, show that there's just such a crisis of trust that ultimately the only one we can rely on is maybe a tight little tribe, and then even ourselves. And I don't necessarily have the answer for how we get beyond this, how we get out of it. But that's the, um, yeah, that's kind of the focus that, that Comet's uh, been looking at. How do we have this life that's integrated and, and, and connected? Doug Sikkim is with us from Comet Magazine. We need to take a, just a quick break. Stick around with us, won't you please? We're talking about living with integrity. How does that work? Stick around. Life in Haiti is a daily struggle for survival. For Mary Lude, prayer is the only thing that gets her through. She, her husband, and six children live in a small metal shack. It's so small that even her teenage kids have to crawl to get inside. They never eat two days in a row. Usually it's more like two or three days between meals of rice or cornmeal. She has to send her older children to get water, an hour walk up a mountain. They have to do it several times a day, so there's no way they can go to school. The hopelessness of their situation is evident in her eyes. But today there is hope. Your gift through Food for the Poor can make a difference. For just $27 a month for the next year, you can feed most of her family and give them water for life. A $320 one-time gift will give food for a year and water for life to a family of four in Haiti. Will you help Mary Lude and her family? 855-828-4673. 855-828-4673. You can give online at wordfm.com or dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say, I want to give. Commence Exxon and Mobile Field Test. Scientist observes subject B at station. Subject B earns Exxon and Mobile rewards plus points, points she can use to save on gas, coffee, car washes, and more. Subject B should share the wealth and buy me a coffee. Subject B looks like she's leaving. Subject B hasn't purchased me anything yet. Subject B has left. Hmm. Conclusion, Exxon and Mobile rewards plus makes refueling rewarding, and Subject B owes me a coffee. 
perhaps a donut. Sign up today at ExxonMobilRewardsPlus.com. Terms and conditions apply. Available at participating Exxon or mobile branded locations. This is Chris Abernethy of Abernethy and Hagerman. Estate administration isn't something we do on the side. It's the heart and soul of our practice. Any attorney can write a will, but we have the experience to administer your estate plan properly to achieve the goals we all share, to protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones you love. How you get there is specific to your situation. So let's talk. Abernethy and Hagerman, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Hi, everybody. This is Craig Wolfley from my friends at Jane D. Waterproofing. For every waterproofing or foundation repair, a portion of the proceeds go to the Light of Life Rescue Mission or the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Hello, this is Ralph Sindrich. I'm proud to be a part of this program and such a fine service to be offered to the community. For every job commitment, I'll provide a signed copy of my book, NFL Brawl. Call for a free estimate at 1-800-VERY-DRY. That's 1-800-VERY-DRY. Or visit us on the web at jdwaterproofing.com. If you're not in the club, you're missing out. Word FM Discount Shopping Club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone. Like today, from local farmers to local leaders, Fellowship Foods delivers local sustainable groceries right to your doorstep. Now get $100 worth of fresh veggies, fruits, meat, eggs, coffee, cheese, and more from 75 local area farms for just 50 bucks. It doesn't get fresher than Fellowship Foods. Log on now to wordfm.com. Keyword shopping. We had problems with the uh, phone connection with Doug Sikama. And uh, we'll bring him back on. we get this straightened out. Mm-hmm. In the meantime. We're going to celebrate because it's World Book Day. Woo! And also National Read a Book Day. What? They fall on the same day. How well, ironic is Well, I have that? a feeling maybe one started and the other picked up. In conjunction. So because the world is bigger than national, I'll just say it started with World Book Day. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, so happy World Book Day, John and Mike. Thank you. Thank Super you so much. excited about it, of course. Um, it's an annual event designed to encourage parents to read to their children. I went on the Guinness Book of World Records website because they, on days like this, they, they do very cool things. Um, they said that there are hundreds of reading events taking place around the world. Many schools have also been marking the event by encouraging pupils to dress up as their favorite character from literature. Hmm. Okay. Okay. John, if you were going to dress up as your favorite character oh, from literature, boy, oh boy. I mean, I have any idea who you would pick? <sighs> That's rough. I, I mean, I there's really not even a close second. I would dress up as Elizabeth Bennet from Pride and Prejudice really? because I love her. I don't. I don't. Mm-hmm. It's coming off guard there. I that was kind of a nice era in uh, British fashion. I kind of like. I you think it is? I think, I think so. it'd be uh, deeply restrictive. It is. Dis- it is I restrictive. Mean, but but like, they were in corsets. The whalebone corsets during that time. They probably were, were uh, but they, they were uh, they were the flowy skirts, the ones that had the really high waist. Yeah, but what's so going on So they were underneath? a lot more comfortable. They were no. no, I don't think they did wear corsets. I don't think they you don't did. Think. No, I think they were post corset. No, that would have been around uh, probably eighteen forty. I want to say eighteen forty Britain. I was watching. Uh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh, we're going to go into it. Well, I got I excited there for a minute. down the road here. All right, you want some information about books? Yeah. All right, are you ready? Um, the youngest commercial, commercially published female author is Dorothy Strait of Washington D.C., who wrote a book called "How the World Began" in 1962, at age four. What? Mm-hmm. And it was published. Really? Mm-hmm. More recently, the record for the youngest 
published male author is five years old, was achieved by Brazil's Eduardo Kowalski da Silva, who released his book, which is written in uh, Portuguese, and I can't tell you what his title is. <laughs> but I saw fine. a picture of him, and he looked very proud. Very nice. Okay. Um, in terms of book sales and earnings, the most successful author of adult fiction is E.L. James, Erica Leonard James. Uh, during the period of uh, 2012 to 13, she's a British author. She netted $95 million. What? And that put her ahead of the American writer, James Patterson, who finished that same 12-month period with $91 million. I have to be honest with you. I have never read anything by E.L. James. I, I don't even know the name. Yeah. I've, I can think of a couple book covers, but I've never read anything by her. Who's the, uh, who's the Harry Potter uh who wrote Harry Potter? Yeah. Oh, J.K. Rowling. So you think I, you think she would be? Well, funny you should bring her up because yeah. the fastest selling book in history mm-hmm. is Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, which is number seven, if you're following along, okay. in uh, the series. It sold 8.3 million copies in 24 hours. Wow. That gives you hope for humanity. Doesn't it? And that you know people still want to read. 8.3 yep. million books in 24 hours. Yep. That's really amazing. Now, she also holds the record for highest annual earnings for a children's author, Mm -hmm. having notched up an estimated in one year. This is 2007 to 2008. She earned $300 million. Wonder how much that is per word. I don't know, but that is absolutely Well, she's a genius. Wouldn't you say? Yes. Oh, my goodness. I'm telling you, you start to read that series and you think, oh, this is a sweet, Uh clever little little children's book. It's really funny. You know, I really like it. It's it's like a a nice diversion. And then by the time you get into the third book, you realize, wait a minute, there's something serious going Mm -hmm, on. mm -hmm. And then you get into that last book and you cannot believe, you cannot believe what she thought of in her head and how she developed that entire environment story characterization fight between good and evil i mean it's i was blown away in the seventh book absolutely blown away do you uh have you read any of those uh, as audiobooks yes i have mm-hmm. yes one um one Jim man Dale. yes Exactly. Yeah. Do you know him? Why did you say that? Or have you listened to him? I've listened to him. I just know him as an actor. And I know that oh, he was the voice. Okay. Of, was he the voice of all the books? Yes. Do you know who he is as an actor? Never. Oh, yeah. Never heard He's of fabulous. him. fabulous. But his voice makes me sleepy. Uh-huh. Because we would always listen to him doing the um, Goblet of Fire. Mm-hmm. That was the one we had. We had the audiobook from the library. And we would just listen to it when my daughter was, you know, maybe five years old, right. over and over and asleep. over and over and over. Yeah. See, I can't listen to audiobooks because I'm doing the same thing. Because you're falling asleep. Oh my gosh! I'm yeah. like ten minutes into it, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm gone, and I want to. My wife just finished um, uh, "Hillbilly Elegy," JD by JD Vance on audio, and she because he he read oh. the book. Uh, oh, did he really? Yeah, and she absolutely loved it. Oh my gosh, that's a wonderful book, and I've only read. I'm I'm just saying that only for reading parts of it. I still mm-hmm. haven't read the whole thing. I've just gotten snippets here and there. Yeah, maybe audio. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. The most abandoned book. This made me laugh. Um, this is a 2010 survey of thousands of books left behind by guests <laughs> at 500 travel lodges in Britain. What? Okay. So they just like, what's the book that no one tends to take with yeah, I'm them? Done with this. It's the biography of Simon Cowell. <laughs> which really made me laugh <laughs> that's funny and finally uh, a record that it was kind of surprising to me excluding the bible which has had six billion billion copies sold and the quran uh the world's all-time best-selling book mm. is the do you know no 
Guinness Book of World Records. Really? Now, that seems weird to me. Like, why would, I would never buy that. Oh, I did as a kid. Did you? Is that oh, right? Oh, yeah. See, the Guinness Book of World Records was, you know, the internet before there was the internet. Right. Because it was all these weird, and, you know, it came out every year, like the Farmer's Almanac, and it was always kind of updated. And, it, you know, you get it in paperback, it was kind of thick, and just a lot of weird, funny, uh, crazy facts. Okay, so maybe it's not, it hasn't continued. I mean, over time, it's the best-selling book, but I, 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 bet. I bet people aren't buying it nearly as not much as nearly they used to. Not nearly as much to. as they used to, yeah. Right. Um, okay, talk about what you are reading now, or something that you read over the summer or something that would qualify for national read a book day uh, or I, world book day yeah what am i reading now uh i'm reading um uh what's his name peterson um eugene uh no um what's his name uh, I'm, I'm, i just got it. it just came two days ago um Oh, I know. Um, uh, Jordan Peterson. Oh, really? 12 Rules uh, for an Antidote to Chaos. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. I literally, I just, uh, I'm maybe 15 pages okay. into it. Yeah, Jordan Peterson, 12 Rules for an Antidote to oh, Chaos. Oh, I'm interested to hear about that. Me too, yeah. I've heard him interviewed a couple times, but I've never read well, anything by him or really seen like all of his talks. Exactly. Neither have I. I know he's become sort of a sensation mm-hmm. and seemingly has come out of nowhere. Yeah. So um, I saw the title and I thought, oh, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll read this. So it just came. Literally just came. Yeah. Very nice choice. Thank you. You? Um. You know, I started over the summer on a, a – uh, I went to South Carolina for the first time, and I'd never been in that part of the South. And so I kind of thought, well, maybe I'll use this to kind of like inspire me as to what I should read. Yeah. So um, I started reading in June um, all books written by authors from the Deep South. Oh, so I read um, reading Flannery O'Connor. Mm-hmm. I read Are Flannery you? O'Connor? Yeah, I already you? read. I read all of her short stories. Nice. Um, I'm in the middle of the movie goer. Which was then Walker that, Percy. Walker Percy. Oh, don't you love that book? You know, I'm only maybe a hundred pages oh. in, but I really like it. Yeah, I love Walker won, Percy. He's one of my favorites. Won the National Book Award. I've never read anything by him okay. before. Um, and I read a trilogy um, by Greg Isles called Natchez Burning. Was the first one, and I can't remember what the other two are called, but hmm. it's a, a prodigious work. It's about three thousand pages. Ooh, um, whoa, three thousand pages. Yeah. See, that's a little... It's a lot. I don't know if it's intimidating to me, but it's it just... It feels like a lot. It I, is I a lot. I look at it and Listen go... Listen to me. It's a lot. But it was really worth reading. It was really, really worth reading. I, I felt like I... The reason I wanted to get into Southern literature is because I felt like... We talk a lot about racial issues here on the show. Mm-hmm. And I, I understand racial issues from growing up here. I don't understand anything. I haven't read hardly anything about what racial issues are like in the South, what the civil rights movement was really like in the 50s and 60s in the South. And these books really have opened my eyes in a way that – I mean, I can't – I really can't get over it. You know, the book I just finished um, because I'm still doing my Southern jaunt is a book called Dispatches from Pluto, which is a uh, memoir of a New Yorker who was absolutely sick to death of Manhattan, absolutely sick to death, couldn't wait to get out, couldn't believe how much money he was spending, couldn't believe how small his apartment was, couldn't believe how bad the air quality was. He needed to go someplace else. And of all places, he ended up buying a house in the Mississippi Delta. Hmm. So he went from being the ultimate urban elite yes. to down with like the hillbillies. Oh, that's super cool. And it's a it's a one year journey of what he and his girlfriend experienced when they decided to become <laughs> homeowners first off and go from Manhattan to the oh Mississippi my Delta. That's some chutzpah right it there. It is 
great. Oh, that's it's by Richard Grant. Okay, so before you finish your Southern jaunt, yeah. please read um, The Heart is a Lonely Hunter by Carson McCullers. I've never read anything by him either. 1930s Georgia that involves this really beautiful story of a deaf mute. It's a fascinating book. All Highly right. recommend it. Great. I'll okay. add it to my list. All right. The Heart is a Lonely Hunter. All right. And I still don't have an answer for you on uh, what, what you're going to dress ca- up I, as. I just don't. I just don't. John, come on. Um, yeah. Jordan Peterson. Okay. Just, that's kind that of can't be your, today. That cannot be your favorite right. author. Mike, you want to chime in on this? You got or your favorite it? character. It's not no. your favorite author. It's your favorite character. Right. Okay. I'll get back to you on that. All right. Think about it. Five o'clock hour. Yeah, we're going to oh, yeah. talk about the NFL season kicking off tonight, and yeah. we've seen Colin Kaepernick's brand new Nike ad, and uh, we'll tell you what we think oh, about it. Oh, and Philip DeCourcy's going to join us. Yeah, you passed your appreciation luncheon. He'll be here in Pittsburgh Live, so uh, don't miss that. Five o'clock hour, the ride home. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Day three of Judge Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation hearing and the partisan bickering turned personal. Texas Republican John Cornyn threatening disciplinary action after New Jersey Democrat Cory Booker released confidential information. No senator deserves to sit on this committee or serve in the Senate, in my view, if they decide to be a law unto themselves. During a break in questioning, Booker doubled down. I think he was just like most bullies are, a lot of talk and no action. And so let's see what he he does. I'm I'm willing to accept responsibility for my actions. Booker adding, bring it on. He asked Kavanaugh about a confidential email during Wednesday's late night session. Capitol Hill correspondent Wally Hines reporting. On Wall Street, the Dow up by 20 points to 25,995. But Nasdaq dropped down by 72. The S&P lower by 10. Oil dropped 99 cents to 67.77 a barrel. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for 100 years. You know the moment. The workday is over. Your daily responsibilities have been met. The shoes slip off and you lie back. It's that end of day. Ah, That's the relief you'll feel when you rest on the body-soothing serenity made locally at the Original Mattress Factory. Relief from middleman markups and a hard day's work. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made. Honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com Did you know that when you buy a mattress from a retail store, that mattress is being sold for the second time? What do I mean? Well, the manufacturer sells the mattress to the retailer, who in turn sells it to you with costs and markups for both parties. At the Original Mattress Factory, we have our own factory right here at our store. So the mattress you buy is being sold for the first and only time. That's why our prices are hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see for yourself. My daughter couldn't keep up with math in school. It was it was really hard for her. Brooke has an above-average IQ, and yet she wasn't learning. You're frustrated. You're unable to get those answers and solutions that you're looking for, and you're exhausted because you've gone through every other option. I feel like all I did was yell at my kid all day. We just got through pretty much until we found Brain Balance. That's when she started to thrive. Brain Balance is the answer for your kid because it didn't just mask the problems, it actually addressed the issue. We started seeing huge differences in her behavior. Suddenly things were clicking for her. I would ask him how he did in school and he'd smile. When those things start to click, when those things start to go, it's so exciting. Brain balance didn't just help for Brooklyn and help for our whole family. 
Brain Balance worked for my kids. Give your child the foundation they need to succeed in school. Call Brain Balance today and find out how you can change the life of your child and your family. For more information, visit brainbalance.com. Oh, my papa, to me you are so wonderful. Oh, my papa, to me you are so good. Does that song bring back memories of days gone by and sage folks in our lives? Hi, this is Marcia from the Springhouse, and we love remembering the olden days. We also love honoring these dear folks in our lives at the upcoming Grandparents Day Ham and Turkey Dinner at the Springhouse. It's the second Sunday in September and we'll be featuring our own hickory smoked ham, roast turkey, real mashed potatoes, and all the fixins. Plus, live music by Mr. and Mrs. Banjo. In our family, my mom and dad are so great at making each of their 19 grandchildren feel like the favorite. Do you know some special folks like that that you'd love to honor? Bring them to the Springhouse Country Store and Dairy Farm for good old-fashioned eating. Check out Springhouse Market for more details or give us a call at 724-228-3339. Looking forward to seeing you at the Springhouse at 84 PA. A shower or thunderstorm around early this evening. Otherwise, for tonight, cloudy and humid, low 68. Tomorrow, rather cloudy and not as warm but humid with spotty showers, high 78. Tomorrow night, partly to mostly cloudy and cooler with a passing shower, low 61. Saturday, cloudy and cool with a high of 72. Then for Sunday, cloudy and cool with periods of rain high 68. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Mike Dahl on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along today. The 5 o'clock hour of the ride home. So for those who care, tonight is the uh, start of the National Football League season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Mike's in there. Mike is super pumped about are you? it. Are you watching? you tuning in there this evening, Mike? Oh, yeah. Who is, who's it's playing tonight? It's the Eagles tonight? and... Eagles and the Jaguars? Maybe. I think. Okay. Is that a national... must be a nationally televised game. Oh, yeah. Game. It's Thursday it's night a- game, so that's a national game. Uh-huh. Are you tuning in yourself? Uh, I don't think I am. It's Eagles and Falcons. Eagles okay. and the Falcons. First of all, it's the Eagles. First of all, so, it's two birds. Yeah. Uh, I got... Uh, I, I have a... a Wait, do you a like ba- that, Mike? Yeah. Mike's laughing, but late. I got a bad taste You didn't think it was mouth. funny right off the bat, but no, then after really. he thought about it, he was <laughs> like, Wait, that birds. is funny. Yeah. Thank you, Grandpa Joe. Thank Sorry. you, Mike. Listen. That's pretty good. good, though. Mm-hmm. I like it. Thanks. You're not going to watch, John? I got a bad taste in my mouth about the NFL. Why? Because of Le'Veon Bell? Because of Kaepernick? Because of Kaepernick. Oh, do you really? Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. Well, you know, so Colin Kaepernick is coming out like, you know, he's you know signed this new deal with Nike and it's been given all-star treatment. And I, I just, I think, okay, if you want to express yourself, you go right ahead and express yourself. However, at your workplace, there should be different criteria. Mm-hmm. Now, in your off hours, if you want to take a knee, you go right ahead. But you know, I think the NFL's remiss here that their policies are weak and they're just they're just a bad organization. They've proven themselves to lack leadership, to lack, for lack of a better phrase, just Backbone. they're gutless. Mm-hmm. I believe that they're gutless. Um, so now they're going to take you know the easy way out and not to televise the anthem or and or the, the, all the players are going to stay inside the locker room. Now look. Colin Kaepernick, that's his choice. He made a stand. I appreciate that. Of course, you want to you want to 
take a knee and you want to talk about um, uh, black Americans being subject to police brutality. And I wear get pig that. socks. I get mm-hmm. that. No, no, pig, I get that. The, nope. pig, the pig socks and wear were, Fidel Castro t shirt. No, yeah, listen, I, look, no, I, that's a whole other story. That was still an error in judgment to do but, the socks and the shirt. I get that. But, you know, you cannot, you cannot t- um, ignore the fact of black America and systematic racial abuse all these years. You just can't. Right. I mean, that's that's part of the conversation. That's a big part of the conversation. So Colin Kaepernick raising that issue, I believe, is justified. However, he do it. He did it at the workplace. That's a whole other layer of the story. I think my big thing about about Colin Kaepernick is, you know, that his he's being played now as some sort of martyr that he has sacrificed something. But when you think about other men and women who have given their lives in the armed service or police officers, or when you want to talk. Look, police brutality is a real thing. There's no doubt about that. I mean, and I appreciate the fact that you're shining the light on that. There's just a different way about it. I just think there's a different way about it. So to raise Colin Kaepernick now as, as, a, as a hero of social justice, on par in some ways with Rosa Parks, I, oh, think, that's it's, ridiculous. I think it's wrong. That's I, absolutely I think it's misguided. Crazy. And I don't think it's, you know, by me saying this, it doesn't make me a racist. And I'm not trying to say, you know, anything against the black community. What I'm saying is I, I get systemic, long-term police brutality against black Americans. I get that. But to make Colin Kaepernick the hero now in some way and to raise that up and that we're all supposed to sort of gather around that, I think that's wrong as well. No one looks good in this. No one looks good in this. There's got to be a better way. Okay. I saw the ad and I didn't mind the ad. I liked it actually. The ad's excellent. Yeah. I I liked how it was done. Um, You don't realize it's him until the end unless you're familiar with his voice. Um, well, you, I think it, you hear him narrating it. Yeah. I mean, with all the news about it, I'm sure na- when you see it tonight, you will know. What's different about the voiceover is that, you know, you clearly it's not a professional voiceover. Right. So it's like just it a regular like, guy. Right. It's a dude. Right. right. Um, so I like the ad. It's very stirring. Yeah, it is stirring. Um, and I liked it. I here's my only thing. I just said before the five o'clock hour that I spent the summer reading about um, race relations in the South, in American South over the last 60 or 70 years. And I'm not saying that Colin Kaepernick hasn't sacrificed something because he has, but to put him on the level of Rosa Parks is just historical what is Colin, ignorance. No, wait, 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 go back. Uh, what is, what has he sacrificed? Well, he's sacrificed. Well, he's not playing. Well, you know, Be- simply because no team wants to deal with all of the, the distraction of the headache about it. Yeah. I don't believe it's collusion. I believe it's more of like, oh, I don't it's think it's collusion. I just black. think it's practicality. Well, you know, there's currently a lawsuit against the NFL because of collusion. I don't right? think that, I don't think this has any legs at all. I think people look, every team's acting in their best interest and then their best interest is trying, I mean, ask the Steelers how they feel about a media circus. I mean, that's right. all they've had at Steeler headquarters, right, especially this week with Le'Veon Bell not showing up. I'm sure they would love to not have that. Right. Now look, we, we were almost past this about a year ago. <laughs> We were almost yep. past this, and then the pe- the president brought this up again. Mm-hmm. So the president, in many ways, has been an instigator here. Oh, he of course has right. Been an you know that he's been like you know forcing people to stand for the national anthem. Well, that's your choice. So again, but I would think the NFL would require some sort of you know a policy that to work for the NFL you must do X, right. which I believe would be standing for the national anthem. 
So now they're just going to take the wiggle way out and they're just not going to come out of the dressing room, the locker room for it's that. It's just like, I'm telling you, it's like everything. I'm sick of it. It's like everything. So I don't want to watch it. Yeah, I really okay. don't want to be part right. of any of it. I'm just tired of the NFL. I'm tired of Colin Kaepernick. I'm tired of, you know, all the grand, it just feels like grandstanding. And now it feels like there's a money grab as part of it. So please, I, I really don't care to watch. I'm mm-hmm. just done. Okay. I really don't care. All right. I mean, I'll probably tune in just to kind of see football again because I haven't seen it for a while. But I... Uh, it's taken the fun out yeah, of it. Yeah, I know. Taking the joy That's out the of the whole problem is it just kind of wrecks it. I mean, and and I, with all of the concussion concerns that have come up over the last seven or eight years, I think to myself, are am I the person? Am I the person who is sitting there watching men destroy themselves? Like, am I adding to that whole machine of you know paying people millions of dollars and then watching them you know wreck their future lives on a football field i that that i mean i'm not i feel badly about that i do it hurts me i've been a Steeler fan my whole life been a Steeler fan my whole life so it hurts me to say that but the other thing i just got to come right out with it this Le'Veon bell thing is hacks me off so deeply i'm so unbelievably sick of entitled millionaires acting like they have nothing to do with the other people on their team. I just, I don't get that. And and I, I wonder if the NFL looks at the fan base and thinks that we're just going to continue to show up for games and watch games and whatever. When we see that over and over and over again, there are instances of players like Le'Veon Bell who just don't care. They don't care. So if he doesn't care and he's a player on the team, then why should I care? Well, it's, of course. It just goes around and around and around. It's another reason why you don't want to need to necessarily engage in professional sport adoration. If you right. want to enjoy a game, great. But, you know, we, we've, we've come full circle in this country where we lift these guys up as though they're, you know, they're the, the Lord and Savior. It's ridiculous. It's a game played by grown men who make yeah, millions of dollars. You know, I said this on the air yesterday. I feel like it deserves repeating. Is that every time I end up saying, you know, say I'm in the grocery store line, I'll say something about, you know, Le'Veon Bell. Someone will say, well, remember, you know, it's just a business. And I think, okay, so it's a business for the people playing it, but for the fans, for us, it's supposed to be a game. It's supposed to be a physical contest that we're supposed to pay money to go to or watch on TV and really love because you have people who care and are invested in it. So the moment I start as the fan thinking it's a business, it's all over. I don't turn in on Sun, I don't tune in on Sundays to watch a business. I get it. I mean, look, I mean, the city of Pittsburgh is essentially built upon adoration right. I can't of the believe Steelers, I'm saying this. Right? I mean, is, I just... What's the truth? Okay, we'll take a break. We're going to come back in just a few minutes, and uh, Philip DeCourcy is going to be with us. Philip DeCourcy is coming to Pittsburgh for the annual Pastor Appreciation Luncheon. And, uh, well, stick around for the details about that and honor your pastor as well. When it comes to higher education, it's worth considering a Christian university or college, one that reaffirms students' faith instead of tearing it down. Research shows that students who attend a Christian college can become significantly more committed to their faith, and that's an important investment to make. You care about the type of people who are teaching the classes and the content and perspective of the courses just as much as you do about the strength of the academics. It matters that Christian faith is supported and shared. 
Find out about many schools at once by attending the free Christian College Fair with representatives of colleges and universities from across North America. Start planning now. Take advantage of the opportunity to meet with representatives from top Christian colleges throughout the country. Learn about financial aid, scholarship opportunities, and more. Take your first step to a Christian college education at Orchard Hill Church in Wexford, Saturday, September 15th from 11 to 1. That's the Pittsburgh Christian College Fair, Saturday, September 15th at Orchard Hill Church in Wexford from 11 a.m to 1 p.m. You can smell you from half a mile away, hear with pinpoint accuracy, and detect the slightest motion with a 310-degree field of vision. But with an Oak Ridge hunting blind from Yoder's Backyard Structures, that deer will never know you're there. Solid, silent, scent-controlled, satisfaction guaranteed. This is one perch you won't fall out of. And with Yoder's, delivered and set up free of charge. Take your hunt to a whole new level at yodersbackyard.com. If you had to replace everything in your fridge today, how much would it cost? For a restaurant or church, that could mean thousands in lost product and downtime. That's when you call Ventec Refrigeration. When your walk-in goes down, Ventec can be there in less than two hours with portable units to save valuable product and they'll even move it for you while repairs are made with flat rate pricing instead of hourly fees. A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Keep your cool with Ventec Refrigeration. 412 661 From the acclaimed director of God's Not Dead. I regret to inform you her husband was killed in combat. When she lost her husband, he chose to save me rather than come home. She lost her way. On September 7th comes the extraordinary motion picture Trinity Broadcast Network calls a great Christian film. I'm not giving up without a fight. And the Christian Broadcast News raves. It's a must-see cinematic experience. Everyone should go see this movie. He will show them nothing is impossible. God bless the broken road. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theater September 7th. October 3rd is the date for the 13th annual Word FM Pastor Appreciation Luncheon. Coming in uh, from Anaheim Hills, California, is a good friend of Word FM, Pastor Philip DeCourcy, who is the senior pastor of Kindred Community Church. And Philip will be speaking, the keynote speaker, October 3rd at PAL. And we would uh, ask you, for your senior pastor and associate pastor to join us, go to wordfm.com, free of charge for all pastors across western Pennsylvania. Joining us right now on the phone is Pastor Philip DeCourcy. Philip, welcome to the air once again. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, John. Good to be with you. Thank you. Always our pleasure. Philip, before we talk about you coming to Pittsburgh and how excited we are about that, um, we want to introduce you to our listening audience. If they haven't heard you on our show before, tell us your story. You you don't have an accent, which sounds like you're from Pittsburgh. You're right. <laughs> yeah, my story begins far, far away. Um, I grew up, Kathy, in uh, Belfast in Northern Ireland. In God's goodness, I was born into a Christian home where the gospel was taught and the love of Christ was presented to me. At that time, growing up, certainly in my teenage years, I didn't always appreciate that. And uh, in fact, for a time in my life, I uh, was looking forward kind of just to spread my wings and get out into the big, bad world and do my thing. But uh, God was gracious. My parents were uh, patient. And uh, as a teenager, I uh, came to faith in Christ. Uh, in Northern Ireland, uh, the Lord used the verse Matthew twenty four forty four, in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man comes. And the thing that struck me, John and Kathy, was that I was holding off on the decision uh, to come to Christ. Uh, but the Bible tells us uh, he he's coming back, and we need to get to him before he gets to us in judgment. And so, 
I came to faith uh, as a young man and then spent some time in engineering and in the police service there in Northern Ireland and eventually since the call to the ministry. But my background is Northern Ireland, the troubles there. Uh, All those experiences uh, are not just footnotes to my story. I think the Lord allowed me to go through a lot of stuff just to... Uh, you know, give me the experience uh, that I can hopefully minister to my people in their context and whatever situations they're facing. Certainly, I have a, a heart for law enforcement, having been a police officer. Um, these are challenging days for our law enforcement officers, and we need to stand behind them. Yes. So, Philip, talk to us about growing up in Ireland. When you say Belfast, of course, you think uh, Northern Ireland and Protestant and Catholic uh, battles between each other. You were essentially in the thick of that in some ways in your neighborhood, yes? Uh, Absolutely. I mean, as I said, I came to Christ when I was 16, but I got into a bit of trouble before that. I certainly grew up, and there are two sides to that story. I grew up in the Protestant side and the pro-British side. Northern Ireland was in conflict. Uh, A majority of people... Uh, one that Northern Ireland remain part of the UK. Ireland, Ireland is an island, but it's two separate sovereign countries. There's the south of Ireland and there's the north of Ireland, and Northern Ireland belonged to the UK, and that was my political passion and persuasion. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, uh, we, we kind of guarded our areas, a lot of vigilantism going on. I remember being involved in riots and fighting, wow. uh, both with uh, the other side and also with the police. And, uh, you know, I'm not proud of any of that necessarily, but it's just, that's the context as a young man, you know, even with a good upbringing like I had, I, I, my parents, I escaped that, uh, did things that they didn't know about. Uh, several of my friends got involved in um, actual terrorism. Um, and, you know, I was always around that. I was in the company of of that, uh, I was in different places where guns were being handled and passed around. But as I look back, there's a verse that interests me, John and Kathy. You know, God, it says in Hebrews that God sends his angels to watch over the elect. Yes. And as I look back on my life, I've always wondered, why didn't I go further than I did? Well, well what stopped me, you know, going that next step? It's one thing to throw a stone uh, to get into a fist fight. It's another thing to lift a gun and intend to kill another human being. Yes. I look back on all of that, and I can only put it down to God's kindness, God's providence, mm-hmm. my, my mom's prayers, and also my conscience. And, and I think this is something I like to convey to parents whose maybe children aren't yet followers of Christ, and they're out doing their thing. Well, that was me. And, and uh, my, my, there's things I did my mom and dad don't need to know and don't know. And I, I look back at that and realize even when I was in those places, dark places, the word of God still spoke and my conscience spoke to me. And there was a, there was a restraint in my life that I put down to my parents, to the word of God that I heard. And in God's kindness, it, it stopped me from going too far and ultimately did bring me to the foot of the cross and my faith in Christ. Boy, but, you know, I look back on those experiences and I think they helped me say with John Newton, you know, uh, that it's amazing grace, how sweet the sound that 
Sea of the Rats like me. That's fabulous. Philip, that really resonates with me as well. I grew up uh, as one of seven kids to an Irish Catholic family, and I feel the exact same way. I mean, as a kid, I was just out of control, but I always feel yeah. as though, you know, God was with us, that my mother's prayer sustained us seven kids because, you know, we essentially grew up um, as the litmus test of what was happening in America and the social upheavals in the late 60s and early 70s. Right. And I always think about my mother laying down or kneeling down at her bedside and praying for us, and I know that there was a lot of grace and truth within that. So what you sure. just said really resonates with me as well. So so talk about that. You know, in that in that circle of guys you hung out with in Dublin, I mean, I'm sure as you accepted the Lord as, you, as your Savior at the age of 16, there had to be some pushback, and you had to alter your ways in some ways, yeah? Absolutely. I mean, uh, growing up in Belfast, you had to choose sides. Uh, and, you know, and the Catholics chose their side, and the Protestants chose their side. And I, I'd also say, just to be fair, people, you know, that while those labels are used, good Catholics didn't kill people, and good Protestants didn't kill their neighbors either. These were political terms, mm-hmm. and, and, and I think we've got to be careful and broad in sweeping that, you know, every Catholic was an IRA supporter and every Protestant was a UVF supporter. But sure. you're, you're right, looking back, and I get saved 16, and, and, and I was in a, an organization um, called, called the Orange Order, which was a Protestant kind of pro-British organization. We, if you know anything about the politics in Northern Ireland, um, you know, we did marches in July and the Catholics did their marches in August. But I remember deciding having come into faith in Christ, I wasn't going to be party to that anymore because there was a lot of drinking. There was a lot of uh, hatred. There was a lot of violence associated with that. Another thing I had to think through was I used to go to soccer games. I was, I grew up in the soccer hooligan era and when I was involved in some of that busting windows and buses and, 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 and then, you know, Christ comes into the heart and, 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 and changes your heart and gives you a love for your enemy it changes your appetites, and if any man in Christ is a new creature. And so, to cut, cut to the chase here on your question, John, I remember having said to my friends, hey, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not going there. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be drinking with you guys anymore. I'm not going to go to the soccer games anymore. And it wasn't because, it wasn't because I'm better. I, I communicated that. Hey, guys, this isn't because I'm better. It's because that stuff taints me. That stuff is not what Christians do. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, I love you guys. And I tried to keep some of those friendships on a personal level. I didn't burn it, every bridge. But, you know, repentance in the Christian life is something that means we, we turn from the sin. We turn from those things that was once part of our life before Christ. I'm getting ready for Sunday, John and Kathy, and, you know, Ephesians 2, 1 to 10. You know, you know, he has made you alive in Christ who was once dead in your sin. That's, that, that's, that's a life that was a before life apart from Christ and then a life with Christ. And soon as I look back at my time in Northern Ireland, I, I saw that. Um, I saw terrorists get saved. I had a friend called Davy Hamilton, known as Packy Hamilton, was a Protestant terrorist, got saved. He's now an evangelist in England. And he wrote, a, he wrote an interesting book, you know, called A Cause to Live For, because he used to belong to a terrorist group, and he believed that was a cause worth dying for. But now that he's come to Christ, he's got a cause worth living for. And that was the same for me. And I'm sure, John, when you got saved, that change came in your life. It surely did. It surely did, yes. 
Talking to Philip DeCourcy, Senior Pastor of Kindred Community Church in Anaheim Hills, California. Speaker on the daily radio program, Know the Truth, Word FM right here, 2.30 p.m. and on WPIT, that's 7.30 a.m., daily at 8. Um, Philip, talk to us about your, uh, I know you were on the Protestant side, but I, I want to yep. hear your feeling about what was, what your experience was in the Catholic Church uh, growing up in Ireland at the time. We're right here in, in western Pennsylvania, immersed in the story of the grand jury report that came out about three weeks ago, um, detailing right. the abuses um, that were perpetrated on young people in this state in a way that we could never even have expected or um, can really still even come to terms with. So how do yeah. you see that based on what you know of the Church's experience in Ireland? Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's a tough one to answer. It's a big one, and I'm speaking as a Protestant who grew up in the Protestant church from the outside looking in. But you know, I've tra- I, as a young man, I traveled throughout Ireland. When I became a Christian, I, I went to the south of Ireland and, and did some evangelism. The thing that struck me during the time I grew up in was the, the complete trust the people had given to the Catholic church. And, and, and that was almost unbreakable. In fact, looking back, it was like something you didn't think could change. And just recently I was on with uh, Eric Metaxas and others talking about, you know, how Ireland has just embraced abortion, it has just embraced homosexuality. And, and you go, looking back, even as a Protestant, I, w- I, w- I could never have dreamed of that day. But sadly that day has come because, you know, all of that stuff was going on. Abuse was going on in Ireland. Uh, there was a famous, you know, bishop who was caught in an extramarital affair, and he, and he, and he paid for a child he had in America. And that, be- the, the, you know, it began to break the dike. And sadly, sadly, you know, there was one story after another. And I think looking, as I look on it, a lot of young people, especially in Ireland, have turned from the church um, because of the hypocrisy, because of the, the, the abuses that have gone on, the cover-ups. And, and really, from what I can tell, just even at a distance talking to my family, uh, I think I've got a good handle on things north and south. Uh, the Catholic Church has lost its moral authority uh, for many, and they, they've got a lot of work to do to, to, to regain that. Right. And, 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 you know, m- my hope is, ultimately, that even out of this bad, maybe some good will come, and as with Protestants and as with Catholics, you know, too many Protestants in Ireland and too many Catholics in Ireland are attached to a religious system. Uh, you know, the Mass, the, the, the confessional, all of that. But we know from the Word of God, it's, it's a direct relationship with Jesus Christ. He's our one priest. He's the one who can forgive us of all our sins. We can deal directly with Him. And I'm hoping to some degree in, in, in the turmoil of this, and I don't wish for it, and I find no joy in it, that, that many young people will, will, will step back from organized religion and realize, hey, they need to be born again. They need to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Catholics need that, and Protestants need that. It needs to be faith alone in Christ alone, and that's our hope for heaven. And I, I hope maybe in the turmoil of this and in the tragedy of this, that people will get their eyes off human instruments and get their eyes on the one who is sinless and holy 
the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen to that. We're speaking with Philip DeCourcy, Pastor DeCourcy. He's headed to Pittsburgh for the 13th annual Pastor Appreciation Luncheon, October the 3rd at 12 noon, the Heinz Field East Club Room. This is a totally free event for your senior pastor or associate pastor. All you've got to do is go to wordfm.com. You'll see the link there to sign up. Come on down and join us. 13 consecutive years. We've loved this event. Hundreds and hundreds of local pastors come together. Old friendships are renewed. New friendships are formed all around the Word of God. And Pastor DeCourcy will be there on that October 3rd. So wordfm.com. Pastor, what about that? I mean, I'm not a pastor. Kath is not a pastor either. But I can't imagine the difficulty, what it must be today to be a pastor. Um, You know, the ills of society come into everyone's lives, but they're magnified, of course, in a pastor's heart because he's caring for his flock. What about that? How do pastors love on other pastors, talk to other pastors to try to find, you know, the peace of all that and at the same time be that leader where leadership is needed? Yeah, it's a great point, John. I'm certainly looking forward to coming to the great city of Pittsburgh. It'll be uh, new for me and something I'm looking forward to immensely. I've been watching, actually, the, the Supreme Court, uh, you know, uh, appointment that's going mm-hmm. on. And, and yes. Judge Kavanaugh's Judge Kavanaugh said the other day, he lives on the sunny side of the mountain. They were trying to draw him into all kinds of negative things. And I want to begin by being optimistic. The ministry is hard, but I love 1 Timothy 3.1. I want to challenge my, my, my brothers in the ministry. If any man desires the office of a bishop, he desires a noble thing. And while it is hard, and there are challenges, personal and cultural and spiritual I wouldn't give this job up for anything else. I was an aircraft engineer. I've been a police officer. But yeah, I love being a preacher of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. It's a noble thing. Spurgeon said, if God calls you to be a pastor, don't stoop to be a king. And there was a day in our society when the pastor uh, was at the center of society. The yes. church was built in a little square in New England. Those days are gone, but the church needs to remind itself of the high calling of the pastor. That said, it is tough. First, I was just reading Second Timothy 2 the other day. Paul says, endure like a good soldier, you know. Run according to the rules of the race like an athlete. Be as patient as a farmer. All of those images of farming and athletics and war, they just about put the pastor in, in, into that context. It's hard work. It's warfare. It's exhausting. And I know that Salem throughout this country, and I know in Pittsburgh, these luncheons are intended to be a shot in the arm. They're intended to be spiritual smelling salts for, me, for God's men and their wives. And I hope that we fill wherever we're going. I, I believe I'm going to bring a message that will encourage these men to keep on keeping on. What God has called them to is noble. Given the darkness, given the day we're in, the church needs to rise up. That will start with the leadership. We need to be confident about God's Word. We need to preach it. We need to live it. And so I'm, I'm excited to come. I mean, George Whitfield, the great English evangelist who was used for revival in America and Great Britain, he once said, I get tired in the work, but never off the work. Mm. And so I want to say to any pastor that's listening to you may be tired in the work, but don't ever get tired off the work. Come and meet us on October the 3rd. It'll be a great day, great food, great fellowship, and I will by God's grace, bring a message that will encourage you to fulfill your calling. Wonderful. Well, Philip, we're excited. Mm-hmm. We, we just can't wait for you to come here October 3rd. I think you'll like Pittsburgh. There's a little bit of Ireland here. I believe that. And uh, you'll feel right at home amongst the verdant green rolling hills, which are western wow. Pennsylvania. 
Love it. Can't wait. And I look forward to meeting you and Kathy in person. I've always been some interactions with you, and I look forward to uh, being there on, in October. And uh, we'll we'll let God do what God does. Very nice. Wonderful. Thanks, Thank Philip. you so much. Philip DeCourcy, uh, Know the Truth, airs every day here on 101.5 at 2.30 p.m. October 3rd, Heinz Field East Room, 12 noon, the 13th annual Pastor Appreciation Luncheon for senior pastors and associate pastors. Please love and honor your pastor by letting him know about this. Go to wordfm.com for this free event to sign your pastor up. We'll take a quick break and come back. Looking forward to much more ahead here, the ride home on Word FM. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-444-2013. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-444-2013. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-444-2013. 800-444-2013. Todd Chapman here with Food for the Poor. I just returned from Haiti, where I met too many families who are clinging to life because of lack of food. You probably know that Haiti is the poorest country on this side of the world. The average person struggling to earn just $2 a day. But life in Haiti is harder than ever due to skyrocketing inflation, rising food prices, and a prolonged drought. I met many families who survived by raising crops on small plots of land. But those fields are now dust bowls. Even the lucky few who find work are only able to make enough money to buy a cup of rice each day, never enough to feed their kids. They're desperate, and so I'm calling on you, God's people, to help. Through Food for the Poor, you can feed a starving family of four for a whole year for just $320 and give them access to clean, safe drinking water for life. $320 can bring hope back to these families in the name of Christ. Just $27 a month. Will you help? 855-828-4673. You can also give online at wordfm.com or you can call from your cell phone. Simply dial pound 250 and say, I want to give. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At extremetruck.net. A shower or thunderstorm around early this evening, otherwise for tonight, cloudy and humid, low 68. Tomorrow, rather cloudy and not as warm, but humid with spotty showers, high 78. Tomorrow night, partly to mostly cloudy and cooler with a passing shower, low 61. Saturday, cloudy and cool with a high of 72. Then for Sunday, cloudy and cool with periods of rain, high 68. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Mike Dahl on 101.5 Word FM.
<laughs> what the heck is that? That's the Twitter. That's a little tweet. Okay, yeah, stop that. I had to shut off my Donald Trump notification. What, <laughs> what do you mean? That's how it is if you follow the president on Twitter. Oh. You just, it's just one after I another. See. It's a rapid Wait, fire. So is that a notification on Twitter? Is that a notification? Well, here's the thing. I don't, is, oh, it is for you. For you. I, don't, I have no notifications okay, I don't on my have, phone. You turned off all your notifications I, on your phone. I, when I sign up for something, they say, do you want notifications? I always say no. I never. I've never had notifications. Mike, he doesn't have any notifications. I don't need them. Oh, I don't want that. Wait, so every time a tweet comes in, your phone you makes that, that sound? Yeah. Oh, I that would, would lose like my, my... Oh, please. Oh, that, no, that, no, no, that's thanks. horrible. Please stop. stop that, that needs to yeah, stop. That needs to much. absolutely stop. No, so you do okay. notifications? Yeah, but now I'm feeling like I shouldn't do don't notifications. Don't do notifications. No, you should. No, you should not. It keeps you in the loop. It, no. It, it, it makes you nuts is what it does. <laughs> it keeps you in the loop. It'll drive you over the edge of the cliff. We're celebrating World Book Day and National Book Day. And so we've been talking about that as the uh, show has gone on today. So in light of that, you found a story, John, about the digital cleanse. Yeah. Uh, which is a kind is... of cleanse I'm much more likely to talk about. Doesn't that drive you crazy when you say to somebody, how are you? And they say, well, I'm doing a cleanse. Are you, though? I hate that. A TMI, my friend. I really do. I don't, you know what? I didn't need to know that. I don't want to know that. Really? Now I'm sorry I do know that. Yeah. I'm doing a cleanse. Oh, really? I'm, I'm having a bag of barbecue chips. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wait, so there's different uh, kinds of cleanses. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing a dip cleanse. <laughs> Sour cream and onion. It's been a hell of a good cleanse. Yeah, exactly. French onion dip cleanse, please. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there was an article in the Washington Post a week or so back. Um, uh, Haley Tukasama, maybe. Uh, you can uh, That's a good attempt. Take, take a look at that. Haley Tsukuyama. Okay, close enough. Close. You know. Okay, so the article, uh, the headline reads, I went through a week-long phone cleanse. It was harder than I thought. All right. So the author, Haley, she goes through this whole week and she talks about, you know, this is what, this is what was going on, right? We all have this, I believe... You know, you and I probably are sicker than most. That you know, this phone. My phone is never more, rarely, never more than six feet from me. Exactly. Which is a truly. Mike, are you like that too? Oh yeah. Okay. Never. Yeah. I sleep next to it. Mm -hmm. Oh, of course you do. You kidding me? Yeah. Is that because you're so anxious for John and I to get in touch? No, because you wait. No, wait. No, wait. uh, In the middle of the night. This is what it is. <laughs> yeah, my wife, you know wife. what I should have done? I would have, I should have been tweeting last night at like two ten in the morning when I finally finished Jack Ryan. I watched oh. all eight episodes, two nine ten. episodes. Yeah, I finished it two in the morning. I, I mean, I'm, oh there's something gosh. wrong with me. Okay, so you know, everyone who is doing this, which of course most people are doing this, we're doing it to a little higher degree, I would assume. You've got to be sick to death at times of your morass of wading through twitter facebook instagram, instagram all that all your stuff. email all that stuff what have we become in a short amount of time in less than 12 years we have become deeply dysfunctionally addicted in this country i believe and you know all you got to do is look at twitter and facebook and see that it, it there's the proof in the pudding so speaking of i'm about to put a graphic up on facebook to find out what you're currently reading for national book day and so, tweet it out. <laughs> I think it's necessary from time to time to do a cleanse, to okay. step away. Uh, a couple of years ago, I went to um, to a monastery, and I, I, I left my phone in my car for a week. And when the week was over, I came back out. 
my phone was like, I mean, it was like going insane. There was so much activity there. There were all the notifications of all the things Mike and I wanted to tell you. Yeah. So now, do you know that um, uh, under pressure from customers and shareholders, Apple and Google are working on tools that uh, will in some ways allow a, a deeper disconnect quickly from your phone? I know that they're monitoring, you know, you're allowed, you're now able to see how much time you're spending on Twitter right, exactly. or how much time you're spending on Facebook or whatever your you know, current addiction yes. is. Now, Xfinity Mobile has this thing now where they have a week-long phone cleanse crafted into the model of their phone called a crash diet. You can start at any time and tackle one tough challenge per day. So the, the, the author of this book, or the author of this article, uh, talks about this week-long cleanse that she went through and how difficult. She said it was much more difficult than she would ever imagine that the first couple of days she was an anxious mess thinking that she was missing important events and especially work emails that right yeah that she would allow the phone to be with her while she was in the office but when she went home she shut the phone off and she kept it in her car now, for a lot of people, a lot of industries, that would be career suicide in some way. Like ours. Because <laughs> you have to be Just on to call. name one. Well, I mean, management expects you to, to be around. I mean, To you have know, your phone with you at right, all times. To respond to whatever's going on right. at the moment. So, you know, for some businesses, it's a little difficult. Trump will lose his mind. Oh, please. <laughs> okay, so can you, would you... Would you lay your, Would you shut your phone off? Okay, you're going to go on vacation in a while. As part of a vacation, could you shut your phone off? No. You wouldn't never. No. You would never consider a cleanse. Um. Well, only because as the mom, like everything in my family is like runs through me. So if one of my kids was sick, if one of something, I mean, like that would just I I would no, never. No wait no wait no. no. Uh, Pre this, pre smartphone, right? Weren't you able to stay in touch and weren't you able to be a mom? I mean, there are millions of moms well, before you. Well, I wasn't you. really a mom. I don't remember being were, a mom before I had my phone. You were. Was I? Yeah. Okay. What about pagers? Did you guys have pagers? I never had a pager. No, no. I, I did have a pager in, my a pre- in a previous in job. Yeah, yeah. No, I never had a pager. But I, I remember, you know, just having a, a. When I would go out, I'd always have like four or five quarters in my pocket. So I'd always be close to a payphone. And I would right, but here's the thing: you can't do that. So if we were going to do a cleanse today, it's not the same as just going back in time because there aren't payphones for you to find now. So right. you can't make a phone call. And I don't know. A phone you, you, you say, "Well, I was a mom before." Right? There, I was a mom before I had a phone. But here's the thing: because I have a phone now, if there was an emergency of some sort, no one would know how to. Re- no one could figure out how to reach me because the only way you reach a person is to call their phone. What? Not. To, I think I told you this story. About maybe a year or so. I locked my phone in my car. I couldn't. I, I, I don't know what to do. I mean, I, 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 I couldn't. Oh, you call. mean you mistakenly locked your phone in your car? Yeah. With your keys? Yeah. <gasps> you, you locked your keys and your phone in your car? Yeah. And I couldn't. I, I didn't. I don't. <laughs> I do not know anyone's phone number anymore. I know you no one's. Call, you can't. You couldn't I don't even know your reach phone me. number. I have no idea. The only phone number I know is the station's phone number. <laughs> Right. I don't since, know my wife. Since there's no receptionist out there, no one's going to answer. I don't know my wife's phone number. I don't, I don't have a clue. I don't know my kids' phone numbers. That's sad. I just, you know what I mean. Do you know your wife's phone number, anyway? Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. do oh, you? Look, listen to how he's bragging, saying yes, yes, of course, I do. I, I have no idea. So, 
that to me is kind of a scary thing. Okay, well, you and I need to get a grip on ourselves, and we need to do some phone memorization. Okay, we need to get some numbers in our heads because that's stupid. That you that you and and I'm indicting myself because let me just say you're the same way. I don't know my kids' phone numbers. I know my husband's phone number, do but I don't know my kids' phone numbers. I don't have a clue, and Seriously. I don't know yours, and I don't know Mike's. No. So if really? I have if I have to get in touch with any of my family or any of you guys at work, I got nothing. Okay, so then you're wait, you're saying, Kath and Mike, I'm including you, are both of you saying that you would never even consider a phone cleanse? I think it's impossible. I don't think it's impossible. In our job? No, no, oh, it, no. We could no, never no, have this no, job without having no, a phone. I don't phone. think that's true. I don't believe that. But if we were on vacation. If we were on I, vacation, right? Yeah. No, you're just telling me earlier well, your mom duties yeah, trump all that. I know, but I'm saying that that's a parenting thing. But I mean, as far as our jobs, if yeah. we were not on vacation, we could never do our jobs without a phone. It's impossible. Okay, so I just I was on vacation. I was at the beach. Yeah. I made a point of leaving again that phone in the car while I was at the beach because I don't want that crazy sound. In my head while I'm at the police. Oh, police. What am I missing? I'm, I need, what, is there yeah, a big story? Was, is that breaking news? So while, yeah, I need to do something. I better get on that right now. And so while you were leaving your phone back at the house while you went to the beach, it was driving Mike and I crazy because we kept trying to contact you and nothing. And did anything bad happen? Yes. No, nothing bad happened. Nothing bad happened that could bad not happen, have been Mike? solved. I had a John detox. No, no. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly right. That was yeah. terrible. It was no, a cleanse. Sure it, was so it was good for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Less John, more peace is what I believe. All right, take a break. Come back. We got some more hit. Talking about books? Don't do a radio detox. Listen, I'm going to go around. on Facebook right now. I want to hear what you're reading. It's National Book Day, John. What am I reading? Oh, uh, I think I told you that already. I'm talking to I the did. listeners. Okay. When it comes to higher education, it's worth considering a Christian university or college, one that reaffirms students' faith instead of tearing it down. Research shows that students who attend a Christian college can become significantly more committed to their faith, and that's an important investment to make. You care about the type of people who are teaching the classes and the content and perspective of the courses just as much as you do about the strength of the academics. It matters that Christian faith is supported and shared. Find out about many schools at once by attending the free Christian College Fair with representatives of colleges and universities from across North America. Start planning now. Take advantage of the opportunity to meet with representatives from top Christian colleges throughout the country. Learn about financial aid, scholarship opportunities, and more. Take your first step to a Christian college education at Orchard Hill Church in Wexford, Saturday, September 15th from 11 to 1. That's the Pittsburgh Christian College Fair. Saturday, September 15th at Orchard Hill Church in Wexford from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. From the acclaimed director of God's Not Dead. I regret to inform you her husband was killed in combat. When she lost her husband. He chose to save me rather than come home. She lost her way. On September 7th comes the extraordinary motion picture Trinity Broadcast Network calls a great Christian film. Your faith is still there. And the Christian Broadcast News raves. It's a must-see cinematic experience. I'm not giving up without a fight. Everyone should go see this movie and bring a friend. God bless the broken road. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theater September 7th. The Pittsburgh North Regional Chamber, along with St. Barnabas Health System, proudly presents the next session in their educational series, Innovation Pittsburgh. Friday, September 21st from 8 to 11.30 a.m. at the Washington Place of St. Barnabas Health System in Gibsonia. Join host former Allegheny County Executive James Roddy and explore what great opportunities are in store for America's most livable city. Featuring a panel of the region's leading entrepreneurial experts. For tickets and information, visit pghnorthchamber.com. See, you've been getting into a little... 
Like reading. It's called reading. Top to bottom, left to right. Group words together as a sentence. Wonderful book you have there. Have you read it? Well, not that one, but you know, books. <laughs> I'm very important. Uh, I have many leather bound books. <laughs> oh, I love that. I'm very important. Is that Anchorman? Yes. Yep. Okay. Um, I don't understand the detox thing that you're trying to tell us that you want to do, Mike. Wait, no, wait. So during the commercial break, Mike pulls up on his screen what's a pair of feet in a little like sort of bath. And they're doing a detox. What, what, Mike? What is this all about? Yeah, it's a- bring that down so I can see. Here, hold on. Yeah, there we go. No, no, that's not. No. It's called a. It's, I, a, it's called an ionic detox foot bath spa. Ionic, ionic detox foot. Wait, bath. ionic or iconic? Yeah, ionic. ionic. Oh, ionic. Oh, that's something totally different. Sixty bucks. It's got one review, five stars. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mike. It looks it's bogus. Great. Yeah, it's, it's no. fantastic. Do you ever soak your feet? Um, I've never done an ionic foot bath before, but yeah, I've soaked what? my foot. Why are we talking about this? I, because he, it's a part of a detox, you know. Oh, so it's detox. like the digital cleanse. I thought we were going to, I thought, I think there's going to be like hand detox. Hand detox? For, oh, for how about, cell phones. Yeah. Oh, I see. So we're talking about, so, okay. So if we're talking about the cell phone cleanse, which John said he wants to do and Mike and I are like, no way. Right. Um, You're saying that maybe you and I could do the foot cleanse and get the same effect? Uh Uh-huh. Okay, sure. The Ionic Detox Foot Bath Spa Tub. Do you ever ever soak your feet? I mean, like at Christmas Eve after I've been on them for, you know, Uh 20 hours and fed everybody food. Yeah. My wife was talking about, she she said, for some reason, my feet are killing me. And I was like, oh, uh, buy uh, some Johnson's foot soap. You ever do that? Oh, no, no. What? So so when I, (laughs) wait, now hold on. Let, Let me just go back. So, you know, I had this bad ankle thing. Right. Yeah. So when you, I was a kid, I fell two stories, and you yeah. know, so I've got this really bad ankle. So occasionally, my foot like really, 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 really hurts me bad. So um, my mom years ago said, "Oh, you should get this Johnson's foot soap and soak your feet." So I did, and I just get like Johnson's you know, this, foot soap. Yeah, you get a big bucket, a big bucket, and I put this Johnson's foot soap in. Okay. I'm telling you what. It feels really good. What is Johnson's foot soap? See, that sounds like a racket. No, it's That's not. Nothing. It's not. It's it is probably not, no. just like Dawn did. Listen, detergent. I would stake my life on this stuff. Really? Soaks away foot misery. Look at it right now. It's, Johnson's foot soap. So it's still available? Of course it is. You can buy it right yeah, now. Because I was thinking, it my, my poor wife, I thought, I'm going to go buy her some Johnson's foot soap and uh, have, her have a little... Um, I mean, you could you could probably save a lot of money and just use... Um, no, 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 no. No, oh, no. Oh, look, it is a thing. You're Johnson's not making that up. Johnson's foot soap is Johnson's a quick dissolving soap. powder featuring borax, iodine, and bran. Now, see, that means nothing. Like, how do we... So- what? As opposed to Mike's iconic... <laughs> No, ionic. Yeah, exactly. Ionic. I'm saying. No, I mean, but who knows that? Like, why is that? Why should we be impressed that it has borax and what else in it? Like, uh, we don't know what borax. Iodine and brand. Well, we don't know anything about any of those things. So why would we think that'd be a great thing for our feet? Let me tell you something. If you would consent to trying this, yeah. I would gladly, gladly buy you a box of Johnson's foot soap. And then you would go home and soak your feet while you're watching one episode of Jack Ryan. Right. Well, you, you would pick up your phone hours. Minus the foot cleanse or minus the um, phone cleanse, and yeah. text me and go, John, you are so spot on. My feet and by association, my entire body feel wonderful. Okay, now let me say, if you ever buy me a box of Johnson's foot soap, yeah. 
that will be the worst gift of all time. I don't think so. I think so. I don't think so. I think you try it one time and you'll go, I have, I cannot believe I've missed this. This is really the greatest gift ever. I'm telling you. I am telling you. I would highly I, recommend this. I feel like I need to sample it. Now that he's like giving it such grandiose I think you recommendations. Have to. I'd rather use the iconic Iron no, Detox foot basketball. That looks like something that's like a ripoff. Wait, but you your, your, your ionic thing though, Mike, is sixty bucks. And wait, guess how much the Johnson's wait, guess how much the Johnson's foot soap powder is? A buck ninety four. Oh no wait. <laughs> Mine's two dollars and two cents. Nope, I can get it a buck ninety four okay. here. I'm online. telling you, Johnson's foot soap soak away the misery. Yeah, it really no, does. I'm telling you, Ionic Detox Foot Bath and Spa. It takes away the toxins. Yeah. How did we get here? I don't know. How did we get here? stop on the weekends and neither do you so we understand that it can be hard to find the time to shop for a mattress this is robin trzinski of the original mattress factory and we have a completely new website designed to help you simplify the mattress shopping experience check out our products view our prices and even place an order for pickup local delivery or to have it shipped outside of our delivery area just visit originalmattress.com and find a thoughtfully made honestly priced mattress of your own the original mattress factory Great beds, no bull. RPTS, the Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Point Breeze, presents the 2018 Westminster Conference, Saturday, September 8th, at Memorial Park Church in Allison Park. Join Drs. Ligon Duncan, Joel Beakey, Michael Lefebvre, and RPTS President Barry York for this year's theme, Soundly Preaching the Word of God, preaching that is plain, faithful, wise, and zealous. The 2018 Westminster Conference, bringing the Westminster Confession into the 21st century. Register now at rpts.edu. Got issues with youth or high school sports? Positive Coaching Alliance can help. PCA, a national nonprofit, offers more than a 1,000 free online resources for youth and high school sports coaches, parents, students, and administrators. Visit PCADevZone.org. Something horrible's happened. What's that? Well, we're now we're looking at before and afters of the Ionic Foot. What is it? The massage? What's the Ionic Foot Bath Spa? Whatever it is. Yeah, it's the Ionic Foot Bath. Don't do that. Do I the mean, Johnsons. No way. It, it looks like it, these people are starting out with clear water, and then by the end, it looks like the Mon. Mm. <laughs> yeah, there's a catfish or two it's in the Ionic. Horrible. It's just showing that it's working. Mm-hmm. It's taking away all the toxins out of your body. Or well, it just put chicken bouillon in there. I mean, yeah, it just exactly. looks nasty. Look for a buck ninety-four. Kath is going to have. It's a buck ninety-four. Okay, and you're going to spend. 60 well, I mean, bucks. I'm not buying. It. I thought you were buying it for oh, me. I'm buying it for you. I, I thought you said it was such a great gift. I am. I'm going to buy it for you. Listen, we need to do this. We need to compare the two. Okay. Oh, we need to do the Ionic Foot yeah. Bath Cleanse Spa, whatever it is, versus the Johnson's, what is it, foot powder? Johnson's Foot Bath. Johnson's Foot, yeah. no, yeah. soap. Johnson's Foot Soap. Okay, yeah. In That's studio, it. we're doing this. No, okay, so. That would be the worst no, video be nice? of all time. That would be a we, horrible video. How about if during the show one time, we came in here with three buckets, and, and throughout the show, we soaked our feet. We'd all get electrocuted. No, no, we wouldn't. We'd get, it would be like, you know, it would be like, by the end of the show, we'd be like on NPR. We'd be like, <laughs> welcome. I, I, feel so, I feel so fine here. Here's John Hall filling in for Jason Bream. Well, you know that um, we want to be peaceful people here, and my feet are soaking. So I don't think that's going to happen. Be with you. Probably not. I'm not doing no, that. No, but I, please do the. Yeah, highly recommended. Has anybody? Uh, okay, say that. Does anybody in our listening audience soak their feet? 
Does anybody? Please let me know. John Hall at wordfm.com. Please tell me the benefits of soaking your I feet. I can't even figure out how we ended up in Does the anybody room? soak their feet? John Hall at wordfm.com. We're talk about books. <laughs> book I mean, Listen, I'm trying I, desperately to put a, a post up on Facebook about National Read a Book Day, and I can't. <laughs> I'm being thwarted every opportunity. I just want to hear what the listeners are reading, and now, you guys are doing foot spa. I, I guarantee you this, that Good. if you were sitting at home this evening reading a book and soaking your feet, it'd be the best reading you experience soak, of your life. Do you soak your feet when you're sick? No. No? But do you soak your feet when you're sick? I don't know. Every time I watch, you know, I, I feel like I've seen a lot of people soak, soak their, feet their feet when they're when sick? sick. No, I don't think so. Why? Because like all the sickness is going to fall out the bottom? I don't no. think so. I don't think that's scientific. No. I think, though, people who are cold. on their feet a lot soak their feet, and it's good for the body. Except we're not on our feet a lot because we sit here at these desks. Well, I'm just saying because I've got a bad ankle. I soak my foot sometimes. <laughs> Always comes back to the bad ankle. It does. It? Of course it all does go back to all the All right. Bad let's ankle. talk about Burt Reynolds because he passed away today, oh, age Burt 82. Reynolds, 82. Uh, for five years in the 70s, Burt Reynolds, five consecutive years, was the top, off, top box office draw in the country. I remember a time when Burt Reynolds appeared nude as a centerfold what? in Cosmopolitan oh, Magazine. Oh, my gosh. That While sounds... getting a foot bath. And, and, of course, Deliverance, one of the you know his iconic role, right. along with Ned Beatty, mm-hmm. and Smokey and the Bandit with Jackie Gleason and Dom DeLuise and that whole crazy crew. And Burt Reynolds ran a theater in Jupiter, Florida, where he hired, he employed hundreds and hundreds of actors. Okay, have a great night. God willing, see you tomorrow. Soak your feet. You'll feel I'm better not, for I don't it. Think I'm so and read a book. With John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. This is Michael Medved for townhall.com and unexpectedly. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.